Hi, friends. Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball. I'm joined today by our contributor here, Lucas Q. If those of you who have heard him before did so in the middle of summer when only the hardest core Mavs fans are paying attention, he and I recorded a banger of a podcast from my car when it was like 105 degrees. Uh, but he's back now. We're going to talk about a number of Mavs things because if you're paying attention to the calendar, guys, training camp kicks off uh, relatively soon. It's supposed to be 27th or 28th. And then before you know it, preseason basketball is here. So, Luke, how are you? Good, good. Second appearance on the podcast. So, I am a blessed Mavs fan. Well, it's like what I told his talk yesterday, because the schedule will hopefully be a little less ridiculous, I will be able to have people on, uh, particularly to talk about what they're writing about and then what they're thinking about more during the season, because we don't have four and a half games a week. So don't worry, I will have you on as often as we can do it, particularly since you and I seem to be able to steal moments during the business day like we're doing right now, no one tell our jobs. Um so what I wanted to, to start off with, just kind of as a wrap up, um, you know, you spent like you really dove deep in into summer league, and so now that you've had um, some time to process, do you have any kind of like big takeaways from what you were watching? Maybe not necessarily Maz specific, but you know, just kind of what you thought of the event as a whole. So the thing I keep thinking about coming out of summer league. I don't know, you know, maybe it was just the, the day specifically that I remember, but the Bones Bones Highland has stuck with me for the entire uh, month and a half. It's Denver been, Nuggets guard no. Bones Highland. He's a Delaware streetball legend. Is it Delaware? That sounds right. Um, sounds right. He's, 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 he's going to be a really entertaining NBA player. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a name that he'll be on – like he'll be on House of Highlights. He'll be on all over Instagram and Twitter. And he he brought more energy to a summer league game in the Cox Pavilion than I saw at the entire summer league event outside of when LeBron walked in. But <laughs> the Bones Island game was something to behold. And I'll never forget that. So what do you like so did it give you kind of an appreciation for the NBA basketball that we watch? Because there's moments I've had some very interesting discussions during the off season with people who, you know, Dave DeFore mentioned to me last week that he, part of what he liked about summer league is he feels that there's none of the nonsense with the calls that the NBA players get. So it's a little bit more of a pure form of basketball, but at the same time, my argument back to him was, you could just see like the talent disparity between guys who are NBA level players and guys who are maybe roster fringe guys. It's a chasm. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. And that doesn't take away from what these guys are accomplishing. It's just, I don't think sometimes with those of us who watch NBA all the time, we have proper appreciation for the fact that the guys who are on the floor all the time are the 1% of the 1%. I mean, it's, it's I I just I love going every year, but then usually by around like day four, I'm like I I just can't watch some of this. But you you went every day and were like throwing yourself into the deep end. So like, what was it about all this that you really um, about the games that you really got a kick out of? So I think I think the one percent of the one percent is a really good way to say it. I think I really enjoyed. Um, 
the former 1% even, the the fact – so the guys that are fringe guys and maybe barely invited to summer league, they're still so much better than basketball players you see at any local gym or anything like that, obviously. But mm-hmm. summer league is such an intimate experience that being that close to those athletes running up and down the floor, it's it was crazy just as a basketball fan – to watch those guys and it's kind of fun to see like so Tyrese Maxey was in the one percent of the one percent he was mm-hmm. he was so probably good. he was probably I mean by far the best player I watched outside of maybe like like top picks kid kind of yeah, right right but Tyrese Maxey was I mean like he looked like what I'm what an all NBA level guy looks like going against bench players in the yeah. season I mean, he's a really good example, and this is why it's so frustrating that Josh Green did not play. Because mm-hmm. you watch Tyrese Maxey, and you watch Guy go from a guy who was drafted and didn't play much to seeing some minutes in the NBA to being too good for Summer League. It is the positive trajectory for a pick that had challenging odds to become a rotation player. Because every year we do this, we get so hyped and we love certain players, and and the Mavericks simply have let us down almost every year going back to probably when you were like in elementary school, there's like, like Josh Howard was an incredible pick. And then, you know, since, since then it's been kind of Luca Dennis Smith. And then that's it. Like there's been a lot of Mo Agers. There's been a lot of just uh, of Dominique Joneses of guys who, you know, they drafted and then, and you know, they just didn't work. And that's because it's statistically very difficult to become an NBA level player and become a rotation player, but it's, it's what you want to see. And so being able to watch that, because you watch a lot of basketball, like, and uh, you, you watch a lot of people around the league. And so being able to see that is, you know, it's gotta be really rewarding for Sixers fans. And, and, you know, maybe one day the Mavericks will take the draft seriously and go find a guy like that. Like the Nuggets fans must be thrilled because they are going to be uh, they're going to be in the repeater tax within the next three to four years. And they now have a guy on a rookie scale contract. That's going to be a cheap, potentially like ninth man for them. And that sort of stuff's amazing. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing kind of that came to mind about that makes summer league so enjoyable is that it adds a layer of stuff to watch during the regular season. So, so it's, I mean, obviously, during the regular season, we're more focused on the good teams, the good players. But I will forever be following Grant Riller's career to <laughs> see if he makes a roster just from watching him. I think I watched him three times uh, in Summer League, and I was fascinated by him. He was on the Hornets Summer League roster, and I think he just signed a two-way with the Sixers. Um, and he was he was one of those guys that I just really kind of fell in love with in the Summer League setting. Um, and I'll, you know, I don't know if he'll make, you know, if he'll ever get meaningful minutes with the Sixers or not, or if he'll ever elevate. Sometimes the two-way guys end up as a full-time member of the roster. Sometimes they fall out of the league pretty quick. I don't right. know what he'll be, but I will forever, like for as long as he's trying to make it in the NBA, I'll keep my my eye out for like Grant Riller. And that adds a level to watch during the regular season. So during the droggy times of the season and maybe when, you know, the Mavs are going on a losing streak, that sort of thing, or some star players are hurt, that sort of thing. It, 
or even in blowout games, it adds a level of entertainment. Yeah. Well, and and just to start to to kind of close the loop on summer league for those of you who don't know this, what I end up doing is like from. I don't know, kind of April on every year. I start telling people, I'm like, if you want to go to summer league, you should really consider going. Uh, Cause it's in July. Most years this year was in August, I think. And Luke kind of went on a like, like absolute leap of faith um, was there by himself. I mean, he hung out with me and with me a little bit, but it's kind of hard. To, it's harder to connect in Vegas than you think. And I was kind of in a place where I just didn't want to be at the, the arena all the time. And Luke went for how many days, like six days. Yeah. Six days. And, and, you know, you probably like tickets are, what are they like 50 bucks a piece? Like, yeah, 50 bucks a day. About. Yeah. So Luke spent like $300 on tickets and probably watched in the neighborhood of like 80 hours of basketball over, <laughs> over a six yeah. day period. Like absolutely got all the bang for his buck. You know, it's, it's a really, it's, it's kind of, it's such like a festival experience. Um, and so for the, any of you who are even remotely considering it for next summer, I really recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and it's just something I think everyone should at least try to experience once. And I'm glad you went Luke, because I, I have a feeling you're going to go back. Yeah, I plan on, I mean, I plan on going honestly every summer that I can, it was so much fun. And it's like for a basketball nerd, it's, just heaven and it's outstanding i got i got to the arena every day at about 10 a.m and the days are so long but you don't really realize it until you leave at the end of the day like 10 a.m to 4 p.m happens so quick and then it's like okay i'm gonna grab a bite to eat and then cade cunningham's coming up in the next gym it's it's really something so Obviously, we, you know, I just wanted to close the loop there because, you know, you and I have been meaning to talk since the end of summer league. But now uh, what's happened is we've crept up upon uh, the start of the regular season. And, you know, I've, I'm not sure when I'm going to post this one, probably like Monday or Tuesday of next week. It's Thursday, the 17th right now for anybody wondering. Um, I've put together kind of a, 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 as a fairly detailed preseason content plan just to give people things to write about because our staff now is like 20 plus people and I don't want anyone to feel like they don't have something to write about um and as a result of that we've come up kind of with some recurring articles that we're going to be covering and Luke uh pitched me something that I really think is is an interesting way to you know write about both the Mavericks and then the rest of the NBA and a you wrote it's a series of articles on uh, comparing the Mavericks to the various contenders. Now, if I'm looking at it right now, we already, we published the Lakers one like a week ago, and then you ended up (laughs) writing down, how many is this? You have nine more that you want to get to. So you're basically saying that, you know, the top 11 teams in the league and then the Mavericks. Um, So uh, talk a little bit about what you've, what you've kind of written and what you're thinking about so far in terms of, you know, what you're most interested in, 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 in terms of the Maverick, uh, the, the contenders, the, the, the teams against the Mavericks that you're, that you're thinking about. So I always think about contenders. A lot of people think about contenders as like top two or three teams. Like I see a lot of people calling the Lakers and the Nets as like the two contenders this year. Mm -hmm. I always think of contenders in a more broad scope. I think, I mean, the Suns were up 2-0 in the finals this last season, and going into the season, they were not a favorite by any means. I right. think I think contenders kind of jump out 
as the season goes on. And so I look at contenders as just any team who, if breaks fall the right way, if injuries happen to other teams, not them, could they make a run? Mm -hmm. So I think you said, yeah, I have 11 teams that I'm considering contenders, one of which (laughs) the Mavs. And because I do, I do honestly think that the Mavs are a contender. I think having Luca makes them a contender. And I think if, if injuries break their way, I think they can make a run. And so I wanted to just take time to um, have each article focus on one of the other teams that I'm considering a contender and break it down category by category. So I have, um, I start off with the best player. So I compare Luca to, you know, in the Lakers one, it was LeBron in the Bucks one coming up. It's Giannis and I won't spoil the rest, but Mm -hmm. I compare Luca to the best player. That's the on the other team. That's how I start it. Then I look at the sidekicks. So I think of the Mavs two sidekicks as Chris Dapps, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr. And then I pick the other two uh, sidekicks from the other team. So that total rounds out the top three players on every team. Then I look at depth, and. Um, then I go to my favorite category and probably the most important one, which is team swag level. With, <laughs> uh, this is our, our, our editor Kate's favorite part too. She, she said she really enjoyed editing your pieces yesterday with this. Yeah, it's, uh, t- the team swag level. Um, it matters more than people think. And I stand by that. And, um, there are a lot of various factors that go into it. Um, Spoiler alert, the Mavs getting Frank Nidalekina might not improve their on-court stuff very much, but it does improve their swag level. Okay. Um, He has, has, I mentioned this in the coming article, but I'll spoil it for the listeners. He has three elite nicknames, Frankie Smokes, um, The Franchise, (laughs) and The French Prince. And those are three nicknames. There, those are listed as his basketball reference nicknames, three official nicknames that make him an elite swag guy. And I think, <laughs> you know, when if he's playing four minutes a game for the Mavericks, if that means we get to hear the franchise once a night, that's a win. And that's pretty good. That, that's something that other teams don't have. So that's that's kind of and then I do at the end of it overall stack up who has the advantage, who doesn't have the advantage. Um, some of them are closer. Some of them aren't like, uh, you know, for the, for the really deep basketball minds out there. Um, I will say that I think the Lakers are a better team than the Mavericks. I know that's a hot take and that's, (laughs) you know, that's a deep cut, but, um, I do have them as a slight, as a slight edge over the Mavericks, but then I have the Mavericks as a slight edge over some teams too. I don't think they're by any means 11th in that in that list. So that's kind of, that's what I've been working on. That's what I've been focusing on um, kind of as a preseason primer. Sure. Yeah. And it's good because, you know, I, I, I take heat for this and I don't know why it's an NBA. NBA season is long. There are, are some games, some nights there are 14 games in a night. It is impossible to watch all NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. It is hard to watch a lot of basketball. And so I'll often get grief where I'm just like, I can really tell when people haven't watched players. Like, like right now we're going through this with Frank where it's like a lot of fans are really excited about him, 
it's very hard and i'm just not saying anything i don't want to kick people i don't want to kick sand in people's faces but like if frank were good he wouldn't be on the maps like he somebody would have you know he would have gotten a second contract for the next or he would have been signed once they were once they removed his rights but he has not shown enough at the nba level he is a he's what i just talked about with the summer league stuff where he is a fringe nba player like he is a, a extremely talented relative to the rest of the planet but relative to the nba he might not make it um and that's okay it's hard um but you know, watching all these guys uh, and and talking about them and thinking about other teams is really fun. And, you know, we're obviously a Mavs-based website, but it's, you know, uh, if there's ever options to, you know, to to both, excuse me, talk about the Mavericks and talk about other teams, excuse me, need to take a drink. Good Lord. Sound like I'm smoking a six-pack or something. Goodness. Um, I really want to give people the chance to do that because, you know, it's just, it's fun to talk about the NBA. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think, I think watching other teams and learning about other teams is important too, because it gives you perspective on your favorite team. And if you only get the other teams when they're playing your team, you really do have a, a narrow vision of the league as a whole. I mean, you think DeMarcus Cousins was like a top five NBA big man. <laughs> he just like, he waxed the Mavericks and now he's going to play in China. Right. You know? exactly. exactly. That's a great, that's a perfect example. So you got to watch, you got to watch DeMarcus Cousins play against other teams where, you know, he looks like someone who's heading to the CBA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, on Mavs focused stuff, what are you kind of looking forward to at the moment? Um, you know, as with a lot of our contributors, your your ability to pitch in kind of is hit or miss based on our personal schedules, but you end up watching a ton. But what are so what are you mostly interested in watching? And then are there any particular things that you're thinking about that you'd like to try to to cover or write about during the year? So, you know, I think the thing I'm most interested in, I, I feel like I was pretty hard on Chris Stapps last year. Um, and yeah, I know that was kind of one area where I felt like we bonded was over our, uh, disdain for Chris Stapps. Um, I'm, I'm trying, you know, maybe the summer softened me up a little bit. I'm going to try to be nicer to him this year. Um, I want to try to recognize his talents more than his flaws. And that's a lot easier to say when the Mavs are zero and zero and Chris Stapps hasn't screwed up yet. So I don't know if I'll have that same level of patience when the season actually kicks off. But I, I really do want to try to get my head in a better place around Chris Stapps and a more optimistic place around Chris Stapps. But he's a guy I'm going to be watching closely this season, like a lot of like a lot of other Mavs fans. Um, the one one guy that I'm probably most excited about, and you know, I take some heat in our Slack for this, and I feel like I'm on an island here. I will be watching Tyrell Terry very closely. And when he is a major contributor to this team, I will be celebrating. Come on. My man, how? We just watched him in Summer League where he looked like, like, granted, I don't think this is his fault, but I don't really see what, I don't see what he does at NBA level. I mean, you're going to be watching him there at the end of the bench is, is where you're going to be watching him. You're going to be watching whatever nice, nice clothes he has on, however his hair is done that day. <laughs> bold. What a bold take. I appreciate that. I listen, and even if now I'm saying if he can work his way up, you know, if he can be the ninth guy, the tenth sure. guy, I'm calling that a win. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm 
the ceiling isn't as high as I originally thought it was, but I still think he can be a contributor. The skill is there. The talent is there. In summer league, his summer league experience was weird. It was hindered by an injury, got cut short. They also had him playing on the ball a lot, which I think is sort of a waste of time because I think he's going to be playing, if he gets minutes, he'll be mostly off the ball. Um, I His, his shot is so smooth and when he has the ball he looks so under control and it's it's tantalizing to me it really is something I, I you know he might I think he might have been better off staying in college another year working on his body um but I think as his NBA workouts increase and as his he starts to get that NBA body he's gonna get stronger he's gonna get quicker um I, I really just I, I, I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving up on him. And so that's a guy I'm going to be excited to watch for his spot minutes when he gets them. And I'm hoping, um, you know, I'm not enthused at all about Jason Kidd, but I'm hoping more than, you know, I'm, I'm hoping a different, a different team setting might give Terry some new opportunities. Sure. Sure. Well, I appreciate your optimism on that front. We need optimism. Josh and I are grumps. Um, and so this sort of thing really helps round us out. Uh, before we get on out of here and go back to our fr- or uh, whatever day it is, um, do you got anything else? You uh, Any hot takes you want to get off your plate? Mm, that's a good question. Um, hot takes, hot takes. I wasn't thinking about hot takes before coming into this, but I, I will say um, I think I'm – I think I'm more optimistic about the Mavs than a lot of the Mavs Twitter people I interact with. You know, maybe there's a subsect out there that I don't interact with, but I'm going to say Mavs related hot take. Um, I think there'll be a top three seed in the West. I, I, top three, I'm kind of, I'll just say I completely understand the path because I'm kind of there myself. I think they're going to be a monster of a team in the regular season. To the point to where we get overhyped about them. I just don't think they've fixed any of their playoff problems. So I, I agree. I would like to see them play a team that isn't the Clippers. Yeah. Because it might not matter. Like, like right. I just don't. Uh, who did I say this to yesterday? Oh, it was Iztok. Uh, Luka just can't have a 45% usage rate for uh, right. two months. Right. Like, you know, they could they can beat the Nuggets. Like, let's just be clear here. They can mm-hmm. beat the Nuggets. They can beat. I don't know about the Lakers over seven games. I think it'd be kind of injury dependent. Like Anthony Davis is when healthy, a top five player in the multiverse, but he's just not healthy enough. And he all is also a bit of a mental midget, but then you kind of go through the rest of the teams and I'm just like, I'm not scared of Portland. I'm not scared of any of these teams. So it's, it's, I, I, I completely at this time of the year, that kind of unbridled confidence is warranted. I think. Yeah. And I think I, I, and again, injuries, injuries always tell the story. Um, like if Luca tweaks his ankle and is out for half the season, it's a completely different team we're talking about. For sure. For sure. Uh, and the same with uh, the same with, like you said, if Anthony Davis gets hurt for half the season, it's a different team. The Lakers are talking about. So I just think, I think anytime you have a healthy Luca going into the season and a supporting cast that, I trash the Mavs supporting cast a lot because amongst the contenders, they don't have a good supporting cast. 
But relative to the rest of the NBA, I do feel like their supporting cast is fine. And I think with Luca and parts, I just think it's right to hope that they will be a top three seed. And I think they will be. And I think, um, I think a playoff series win is coming, obviously matchup dependent. Um, you know, like if we draw the Lakers in the first round, that's not going to be the best. Right. Like you said, there aren't any other teams up and down in the West that I'm scared of. And um, yeah, I, I think, I just, I think playoff wins are coming playoff series wins. I mean, for the Mavs, not just games. And I, I do think a little part of me wants to think that Luca solved Trey's success, even though I know they're more buddy, buddy than like the Twitter world wants them to be. But I think a little part of me is like, Lucas sees Trey go to the Eastern conference finals. And I think he wants it. Like, I think, I just think he, I think he, I'm hoping that puts a tiny chip on his shoulder, just a tiny. I mean, I I think he absolutely comes in with a, a chip in some form because the Olympic loss, like that, was true devastation. Like he was mm-hmm. wrecked, and and you know, there's nothing left to do from a loss like from those kind of losses from getting that close to meddling. He's not going to have a chance for three more years, so his other options are to turn his attention to the NBA. Um, which I think he will. I, I I still think we're like maybe two seasons away from like James Harden in in and you know year three in Houston where he looks like a tank. Um, but you know we'll get there with him. I'm 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 I like this take. This is this is a good way to end the pod. Um, we should both go back to work. My dog. I, I haven't caught him on mic yet because I keep managing to mute. But like he's staring at me and barking. And he wants something, so I'm going to need to go investigate that. Luke, thank Nine you for taking uh, taking the time on on whatever day it is today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. We will have you on during the season. Everybody, uh, whenever this goes up, please do me a favor. Go subscribe. Go rate and review. Tell your friends. Share links. We grow by audience, and uh, we're looking forward to having a great year at Mavs Moneyball. This has been Kirk Henderson and Lucas Q. Have yourselves a great day.